Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I'm thinking about what Jesus said in Matthew 24 about the birth pangs. As recorded in prophecy, when he, that he said would precede his return to earth. And, you know, this particular one today will focus on the birth pangs and the wrath of abandonment, but the next couple of days will be some about um, overcoming anxiety. So birth pangs or labor pains are defined as, quote, one of the repetitive pains occurring in childbirth, often used in the plural. Difficulty or turmoil associated with a development or a transition, unquote. Birth pangs are an event that is unstoppable, and they increase in intensity and frequency, and what they result in is a new creation. During labor, the mother is in throes and sweats and travails, which is also part of the definition. And when it is over, there is peace and rest. Now, God is fully in control. And he has always sent, for example, weather to show his wrath or to shake up people or to render judgment. He sends snow, for example, Job 37, 6. For to the snow, he says, fall on the earth, and to the downpour and the rain, be strong. He sends hail, Psalm 105, 32. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He also sends drought and earthquakes and thunder and so on. But in a different kind of judgment, he also lifts his hand of restraint and gives a people over to their desires. We see that progression in Romans 1, 18 to 32. It's a less dramatic judgment than the showy weather-related ones, but in all ways, it's a more devastating judgment. Now, John MacArthur describes this judgment, which he um, titles the wrath of abandonment. You know, in Romans 1, where it says God gave them over, that's abandoning a people. So John MacArthur, quote, in Hosea 4.17, it is recorded that God said, Ephraim is joined unto idols, let him alone, unquote. And MacArthur continues, there comes a time when God abandons men. God comes to a point where he lets a people go lets them go to the consequences of their own sinful choices. They will not accept his counsel. They spurn all his reproof. And as Proverbs says, so they eat the fruit of their own choices, and they have to be satisfied with the devices they have chosen. Of the Pharisees, Jesus said, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. That's Matthew 15, 14, and the most terrifying words, let them alone. In source, John MacArthur in his sermon, When God Abandons a, na a Nation. Now, 
in the US right now that we're experiencing runaway inflation. There's a terrible squeeze of our budgets to buy groceries and gas. The racial and sexual and gender agendas sim seemingly succeeding, even overtaking and absorbing our children. Rampant abortions. I mean, it's all emotionally difficult to endure. God's judgment on a nation, as seen in the Bible, is often displayed in giving us over to our desires and no longer restraining us. When a nation is under judgment, he gives them bad leaders and women leaders. Surely, America is under such judgment now. Josh Love said recently, quote, does everyone understand that America is reaching the level of Sodom and Gomorrah and in some aspects have surpassed it already? I fully believe America's judgment is going to be much worse than Sodom's or just as bad. Repent and trust Christ today to flee the wrath to come. That was Josh Love, his Twitter account, at JoshLove45. Cognitively, we understand we are no better than Sodom or Gomorrah in many ways. We're a lot worse. And we understand, cognitively, that we're deserving of judgment. But emotionally, it's so hard to watch. On the one hand, to see the Lord's power is fearful and awesome. And to watch his promises, even judgment promises, unfold is a blessing. As hard as those promises are to personally endure. But also, with the increase in intensity and frequency of birth pangs comes heartache and tragedy for people. It's hard. People we know and love are travailing. People we don't even know are weeping in grief. Children lose parents. Parents lose children. And the unsaved are at ever-increasing risk of their fate, eternal separation from God. The terrible times Paul said would come surely are here. And yet what's happening is always to the good of those who love him. Here's a quote from Christina R. Fox, um, an article she did for Table Talk magazine. Affliction awakens the sins in our hearts that we didn't realize were there. Seeing the truth about ourselves produces the fruit of humility. And of course, that's a good thing. Are we in the end time? Yes. The last days spoken of by Christ in Matthew 24 and spoken of elsewhere in the New Testament are the times between Jesus' ascension and his return. So all of the church age, so to speak. So yes, it's now. It's been now since Acts 111 when the men watched Jesus rise in a, his glory cloud up to heaven. And it will end when he returns. Christ has never been closer to his return than he has ever been since the writing of the New Testament. I mean, 2,000 years have passed. So every day that closes and ticks over to another day, is another day closer to his return. Now, we're not in the Great Tribulation, but we are in the expansive period between 33 AD and the promised return of the future, 
And that whole period is characterized by birth pangs. One could assert the birth pangs really began in earnest in 64 AD at the Great Fire of Rome, which the Roman Emperor Nero blamed on the Christians. Thus, the first wave of persecution started. The church believers were martyred, and those who survived dispersed over Asia Minor. How much more intense are birth pangs after 2,000 years? They are intensifying, and even if the Lord tarries another 1,000 years, birth pangs do intensify over time, and we are feeling their intensity here in America and elsewhere on earth. For me, it's a most terrible time knowing that each day that passes, many more unsaved are sent to their eternal destiny. The loss of so many unsaved is a heartache beyond comprehension. And I know for the Lord, you know, he said, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 8-10. But unfortunately, we know that many still go on that broad way to their destruction. Hardest of all, though, is watching coldness overtake love and apostasy and apathy overtake zeal. People are falling away from their first love at a terrible rate. It's hard to watch church betrayals spiritual abuse, denominational political agendas, all substituted for the strength in the Lord and love for his people. Provost and research professor of theology, Owen Strand, said, the thief in the night is coming, so keep your bags packed and ready by the door. I urge you to pray for the church in this hour, saints. Denominations aside, Satan is pressing his attack on the bride of Christ. Pray hard for the strengthening and endurance of the body, assaulted from all angles as we are. Pray that we will trim our lamps and await our king. And that was Owen Strand, professor at um, GBTS, GBT Seminary. Christian, please continue praying, stay strong, appealing to the Holy Spirit to stand us upright. Now is not the time to quail or cower or quit. Let's end with Philippians 2, 14 to 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. The world needs the light of Jesus now more than ever. So let's be that light in prayer and in love. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. I thank you for listening, and I hope you have a good day.